Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about Big Little Lies Season 2, Episode 5. It's called Kill Me. So, full spoilers for the Kill episode. Me. <laughs> As always. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah, there's, 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 there's please kill me lines at one point in this episode from a certain mother. Um, unfortunately, not Mary Louise. I might have enjoyed that scene. I might have been like, yeah, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Get a pickaxe or something. Go to town. Um, it is, in fact, though, Bonnie's mother who who utters that line uh, towards the end of the episode. Um, we get yeah, some more. We're jumping in- way ahead. <laughs> oh, we are. Yeah, we're. Jump- well, I was. I was going to like lead that into just talking about Bonnie first, even though Bonnie's plot's not necessarily the 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 first plot I think of when I think of Big Little Lies. But she, we get a little bit more. We, we find out more of her. her mother treated her as a kid. We see like small glimpses and flashbacks here or there where she's waiting at the hospital and she's falling asleep. And we have see some conversations with her father, uh, where he's like, "I tried to protect you." It's like, "Well, you didn't do a good job," and you know. And so on, so on. Um, how did you feel about Bonnie stuff? I felt very bad for her, because um, I think uh, I I heard that in the book series that Bonnie recognizes that Celeste is in an abusive relationship, like at the party when they're all dressed up, which is why mm. she follows her into where her and Perry are fighting, and the accident ultimately happens. But it seems as though her abusive relationship is actually with her mother. Like her mother is, has some real anger issues, and Bonnie's been a victim her whole life. And uh, it was pretty. There's a lot of emotional stuff in this episode, and uh, that was one of them for me. Yeah, um, it's why I almost feel guilty. Back back when uh, we first met her mother and father, we kind of joked about how they seem they seemed very similar. Uh, just be, just because one was black and one was white, we, we sort of joked about how it feels like oh they're in a kind of similar relationship. The dad's kind of like Nathan, but Nathan is a lot like her dad, though. I oh, mean, we see even when they walk in together into the hospital room, they're wearing like the exact same outfit, they stand <laughs> the same way. <laughs> oh sure, but what I mean is, is that Bonnie's very different from her mother, so it's not it's definitely oh, not yeah. the exact same relationship yeah. by, by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's really clear in this this episode specifically because we even have a scene where you know our daughter comes up and like you know hugs her in the hospital and it's this very sweet moment, uh, and you feel like okay she's been kind of maybe not neglecting her but not been around her as much because she's been at the hospital with her mother but it's still a very sweet interaction. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you could tell they miss each other. Yeah. So you know, very very different. Um. And so. Yeah, I mean, that was basically her thing. She's still dealing with her guilt uh, and considering going to the police station towards the end. Uh, we'll go back to that scene, though, because there's a reveal in that scene that I think we should save until we actually get to the end of the discussion. But, um, right. Yeah, but that, that was pretty much it. Um, I do like how she refers to her class that she's doing as a cash cow. Because yeah. I was I was thinking that as it she was... It seems so ridiculous. And then her dad's like, what the hell's going on in there? It's uh, singing for sleep apnea. It's a cash cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same with uh, Ed and Ed and uh, what's the face, Madeline, because uh, the, they go to this couples thing and it's just people right. walking around and hugging and shit. And I'm like, did they have to pay for this? Like, are they make is this? Pe- oh, they these pay pe- good money. Yeah, for stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. are they making money off this? Because I feel like it's a bit of a crock. I mean, that's how I was feeling. Um, There's a lot of those types of classes. Yeah, and, anywhere, and it especially like, around places that have money. 
But it feels like you know they're they're uh, connecting a little bit over how silly it is because they're kind of joking about it. But it actually gets to a point where there's a real because on the way there she keeps saying keep an open mind, keep an open mind. She, she tries singing yeah. to him. It's the whole thing. And on the way back though, after joking about it, they actually have maybe the most honest conversation they've had, where Madeline opens up and actually kind of actually hints at what her parents went through. Doesn't really get into it, but does it does allude to it at one point in the conversation and talks about how she's basically got this mistrust of marriages and she wants her, theirs to be good, but she kind of has this inherent feeling with them. And she even admits that she'll probably mess up again. She'll probably screw things up over and over again. She'll probably never stop. But the one thing she does say at the end is that, but the next time won't be infidelity. Like, I'll promise you that. I can, I can, yeah. you know. And Ed doesn't obviously go, oh, I'm so happy you said that. I'm in love with what you just said. Like, but he does sort no. of, he, he looks back it's gonna at It's going to take her. a long time for him. Yeah, he looks back at her in a way that says, I believe what you just said. E- even if it's not like instantly kind of, okay, right, we're back in love and all the rest of it. It's the first time I think he believes what she just said to him. Yeah. Well, he says in the car, like, how can I ever trust you again? Yeah. And that's what he's really racking his mind around. And uh, I think there was a moment of trust there at the end. Hmm. Because for some reason, Madeline being in her car is when she could be the most honest. That singing scene on the way there was so cringy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was terrible. (laughs) She (laughs) she had to wait for a line to be sung before she could sing it. (laughs) (laughs) Because she didn't know the lyrics. And I can relate to Madeline on this front. I don't often remember (laughs) lyrics very well, uh, as anyone who knows me might attest to. Um, So... But, however, there's an emotional scene with Ed and Chloe where Chloe doesn't even say anything, which, you know, hurts me a little bit because Chloe's best asset is her motor mouth. Um, But she comes in when he's cooking dinner and she just kind of comes up and hugs him and he kind of responds to it and actually, instead of, like, pushing her off after, like, a quick hug to the side, he kind of turns around and actually gives her a proper hug. Um, Yeah, and he starts crying and then I start crying and everyone's crying. (laughs) uh It was so emotional. Um, A really good scene. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't crying, but uh... well, I was crying. I know you were crying, but you cry at commercials, so it's true. <laughs> Sometimes I really want a diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> he really liked those tea bags. He really wanted them, and they were just out of reach. It's just so emotional. I don't know what commercial that is. Not do I. I. I was making something up. I'm sure that I'm sure there's some tea tea commercials. That... No, this is America. We don't drink tea. You Unless still have tea. Com- you still have tea commercials. America has all sorts of teas that I've never heard of. Oh yeah, Twinings, Twinings tea. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this emotional scene, and then the other, the other thing we really get with uh, with Ed is towards the end of the episode, he's in a bar, and who should walk up behind him? Now I actually heard her name because she said her name was Tori in the scene, but. Ooh. But she has another name. Yeah, we're not calling her that because Tara named her something else a few episodes ago and she will forever be referred to as the booby lady. So, <laughs> and, I was waiting for her to come back. Do, do Our the, favorite character. Do you know what the sad part is though? And this, I mean, I feel like this is intentional though, is that I did notice the boobs first. And what I mean by that is that before she actually comes up beside him, there's like a shot of him just sitting at the bar and you can actually see her, not her head, because her head's cut off at the top of the frame. You can see her just slightly out of focus coming towards him. And I immediately right. went, that's the booby lady. And then sure enough, yeah. when she actually stepped up beside him, I'm like, yep, I was right. The booby lady. 
And she, yeah, she, and she orders uh, two bourbons, one mm-hmm. for and one for herself, and starts touching his shoulder at the end. Yeah. There's no dialogue because we have music going during this mo- montage scene down at the end. Yeah. But I think we know where it's heading. Either she's trying to instigate something, and we'll find out next time probably. Oh, she, if she definitely has. Ned goes for it or not. Well, what threw me off though is at the last shot of this is he looks over at the table she came from and her husband's sitting there now this could just be yeah that was weird this could just be a representation that he's thinking of him in that moment because of what's happening or i kind of got that vibe too yeah because because i feel like she wants revenge right i feel like she wants sex revenge and she does if, if, if you take this this is literal he's sitting there i'm like wait some sort of menage a trois action going on? What's going on here? <laughs> like, what's she trying to recruit him into here? I don't... I don't know. The show's never really done that before. Like, if they show a character, it's always through, through like, a flashback. It's not like a... Yeah. Oh, it's like he's in the room with us, watching us. So, so, you, so you think he is there? Do you think he's sitting there? Yeah, I think he's there. So what do you think that means? Either she's just trying to get revenge on him by flirting with him at the at, at the counter, or at the bar. Okay. Or, yeah, maybe it is like a go on, take my wife and let me watch kind of a deal. <laughs> 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 Who knows? Hi Ed, have you noticed my fake boobs again? My fake boobs. Remember I told you my fake boobs. Well, I've <laughs> always wanted to be tag teamed. Would you be interested in such a transaction? <laughs> <laughs> weird oh yeah I, I don't I, yeah that, that's came out, that, that's I, that's really felt soapy to me there's, there's a, i actually have a few complaints about this episode there's a couple of moments specifically that rubbed me the wrong way um one of them yeah, was uh, one I, of, I think this was one of them for me too yeah the other couple that rubbed me the wrong one was um we've already talked about this plot is when you know bonnie's mother wakes up and she says kill me this music cue hits almost immediately as soon as she says it and it felt really mm-hmm. cheesy to me like it, it made the moment feel really Oh, to me, I don't know. I think the whole ending scene um, felt a little bit soap opera. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can get behind that. Or like a different, like a different show all of a sudden. Yeah, the the other one that fell um, off to me, and this was mainly probably due to the acting of the kids, uh, was the schoolyard bully scene. Um, oh yeah, that that happens right in the beginning. Yeah, the bully. Uh, this bully comes up to Ziggy and is like, uh, "You're a mistake." Oh, I heard your mom was hot. Is that true? Um, and I was thinking, hey, where's the other two? Come on, come and defend them. And sure enough, they, they, you know, Max and, and Josh come running up. And they're like, hey, what's going on? Leave leave our brother alone kind of thing. And at this point, it's kind of sweet. They're sticking up for him and they're kind of united. And then there's quick flashes of the three of them just beating the everlasting piss out of this bully. Um, mm-hmm. To an unhealthy degree, right? <laughs> so sure enough, you know, Jane and Celeste are called in and they have to deal with this. Uh, and you know, Jane has to ask, you know, what did he say? And you know, Ziggy admits it. Um, so, and, and this kind of sets up some of the some of the stuff as well that Celeste is going through with the with the lawyer, and that this is another sign that may be used against her. This is another thing for Jane to worry about uh, because Ziggy outright asks, "Am I going to become like him? You know, am I going yeah. to like, now he's worried about that." Uh, and it makes sense that, I mean, maybe this is a bit young for it, but it makes sense that eventually he'd feel that way. That he'd worry that he's going to be like his father. Yeah, and it also says that, you know, 
the story about her assault and rape has gone around. Oh, yeah. Like, some stranger kid knows it. <laughs> I guess he's not really a stranger to Ziggy and the boys, but, uh, like, other moms are probably talking about it, you know, and uh, uh, that's got to be difficult. Yeah. And uh, also with, with Ziggy bringing up whether or not he's going to become like his father... I mean, we still kind of get that contrast between Ziggy being such a sweet boy, but still highly influenced by aggression that he sees when his brothers become aggressive. And they're clearly like the ones who have, I don't want to say Perry's genes, but Perry's influence because yeah, cause he was, around he was there for yeah. the, to raise them. Yeah, I, like because obviously the other counter scene to this is uh, with Celeste at dinner with the kids. And she's like, okay, you put you put this kid in the hospital with a, a, a proper busted lip, so we're going to have to talk about this. And, you know, who who, who started the yeah. violence? Who, who who kicked this off? And she's like, Max, was it you? Because he was the one that obviously was hurting Amabella last season. And he's like, no, nah, it was Colin Dad a rapist. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she, she gets really emotional, and she's trying to like, tell them that like, they can't use violence. And she, gets, she kind of pleads with them. Um, and then Josh is like, why are you being such a bitch? And, you know, she shouts at him, you know, she gets really emotional very quickly. Um, yeah. And it's, it kind of goes back again to what we were saying last week, where there's actually an argument that she shouldn't maybe be looking after the kids for a while. That maybe they do need some outside influence, but obviously we sympathize with her because the way Mary Elise is going about it and her motives for going about it are obviously in the wrong place. Um, but that, that scene, like, is another example to me of like instead of her explaining anything to them and trying to actually get to the nitty gritty of why you shouldn't do this and explaining right from wrong she just yells you can't do that you don't do this you don't speak to your mother that way you just don't do it um and then cries and there's a few scenes like you know in this episode where she's with the kids and you know when she's telling them about the the possible hearing that's happening and maybe being questioned uh, and they're like, oh, what do we have to say, mom? We'll say anything. We'll protect you. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you don't have to protect me. You know, I protect you, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Which leads us to all those scenes where she, you know she's got a lawyer now that uh, Renata's set her up with, and she's she's going to meetings with Mary Louise and her her lawyer. And again, gets very emotional because she's she's been accused of all sorts of things. And um, Mary Louise is not playing fair. She's, she's not, doing whatever no. she's doing whatever it takes to get Celeste to break in front of like the judge or other lawyers. And of course so that she can she's just trying to prove that she's unstable by by goading her. Oh yeah, and of course it's always under the guise of being nice. It's always now I want mm. you to know, Celeste, I don't think you're a bad person. And then it's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that that's basically the scene. And you know yeah. Celeste's lawyer is like you're you're a lawyer too like you know you should know that being quiet is the best option here and she's like no I can't I'm not gonna let sit there and take that and yeah she gets to make an opening statement and and we just sit there quietly like yeah <laughs> she's right too though like I think you know she's uh, Mary Louise is playing cheap tricks here and she is being played by Meryl Streep who's the greatest actress probably of all time and <laughs> she, Mary Louise probably. Uh, is also one of the greatest actresses. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, who? It's it's gonna be. She she's really good at goading people and getting her way and 
causing influence and who knows what the judge is going to see like if she's going to see straight through her tricks or if she's going to side with her yeah it's going to work because because they give her this offer they're like hey we don't want this to go to court so we you know here's a here's a deal that we can maybe you know shared custody where you have them monday to friday you know uh maybe release will have them at the weekends uh, and you'll also have to go and undergo therapy and counseling for alcohol and substance abuse and it's kind of at that point where she just loses her shit says you are not taking my kids no saturday no sundays um and you know just and you know her lawyer when they get out says like hey that was a pretty good deal like i mean that's as good as it maybe he's going to get um yeah maybe should you should listen to that but no celeste is going off but it leads to this this big problematic thing where she's going to be questioned in court and all of the you know the Murray five are all on that that list of witnesses and like character mm-hmm. judge, judges and all that and they're thinking this could be a trap that if the other lawyer is actually working with the police the idea that once they're under oath if they're asked about the the murder of perry uh you know they'll be committing perjury if they don't like if they, if they don't admit what they actually right. did right yeah we get the true intentions of what this hearing is going to be about yeah like uh, is it ever really about the kids or is it just about mary louise finding the truth yeah it makes me yeah it makes me wonder like did mary louise always have that part of it planned per se or she is evil she is she is pretty evil <laughs> malicious and she really i mean that's what the first episode was when she was with her and uh her and madeline were together and she said mm-hmm. she wants to know what happened that night and I don't suspect I'll get the truth from you. So. Do, do you know what? I, I was worried actually about the idea of Perry's mum coming in and like investigating the murder herself. I thought that was going to be really hokey, but the way they've kind of done this, where she's kind of manipulated through basically just being a straight bitch, <laughs> like and, and manipulating the system into like forcing people into a position where they have to kind of maybe open up, is actually <laughs> really interesting and also true to her character, but far more interested in her playing some sort of like you know amateur detective which i thought was maybe going to be hard going around and questioning people and and things like that i was worried they were going to go down that path but this is actually far more i don't want to say grounded per se but it's it's far more devious and in keeping with like the characters they've set up and within the world that they've set up in the show yeah i agree so yeah that's just good stuff um so they're all they're all worried about it, uh, and we'll see. And I expect this is kind of what's leading. This is the now. I mean, it was kind of clearly this anyway. But I think now that we're really settled on the idea, they're going to be questioned on this stuff, and they're all having to like confer over this. Like this, this court case, this this you know custody case, is kind of the backbone again of what the season is. Kind of like how Perry and Celeste's relationship was the backbone of what season one was, and mm-hmm. everything else was happening around it. It feels like that's the case this season. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it makes sense that five out of seven episodes in but we've, we've got a clear sense of what the season is now but um yeah i was definitely yeah there's two, only two episodes left i know uh, time flies i know time flies. <laughs> um just think if this was chernobyl this would already be the finale <laughs> don't bring that show up it's it's too hard i miss it <laughs> hard like graphite this is our minor point on Nathan. He buys a, a treadmill for, for Bonnie and a book about running. All right, so what have we got left to talk about? We've got Jane to talk about for sure. I forgot Jane last week. I can't forget Jane uh, and Renata as well, of course. Uh, so Jane, um, obviously, a lot of this stuff intersected this episode, but her own stuff 
uh, was largely with the boyfriend and trying to be intimate, uh, but ultimately and getting further than she has before, but ultimately breaking down in tears um, after you know a few seconds of kissing and I'd, I don't want to call it groping. It was like just contact. She, yeah, but she was like trying to get him yeah. to to do more. She's pushing herself, and uh, it's just too hard for her. It was it's pretty sad. Yeah, it's, it's a really heartbreaking scene. Um, but it's kind of contrasted nicely with the scene where he's playing with the boys and, uh, like, he's, he's he seems like he's in good dad mode. You know, not that he's a dad yet, but, like, you know, he's, yeah. he's kind of filling that void for them on this day. Uh, and just, you know, up to monkey business, I suppose you'd call it. Uh, lifting the kids up and tossing them around and all that kind of thing. Um, but I think this neatly leads us to the odd reveal at the end of the episode uh, which I, I would also count in the ending feeling a bit soap opera because I'm like, did he have to turn out to be someone? Did he really have to have a twist? Yeah. Do you do you know what the twist is? Like, is he a cop or is I, he I, like someone who has to check in with the police station? Like he's got a past or something? I think the implication is supposed to be that he's a cop and that he's, he's like spying on Jane and the others with his position. Yeah, um, like he's assigned to get close to her. Yeah, um, but that I mean, honestly, any any pl- unless that's the whole premise of the, the of the story is from the start. Anytime that comes up in a movie or TV show, it always feels a bit forced and hokey to me. Um, because I don't know if I yeah. buy that cops actually do this. <laughs> I'm going to get close I mean, yeah, to the. Yeah, there perp. are undercover cops. Yeah. I think they're generally used to find like, I don't know, gangs and. and uh, yeah the, the one famous guy who infiltrated the hell's angels and stuff like that yeah but this is literally okay someone's in a suspicious case get close to her seducer and find out what she well like. maybe he's not a cop you know this yeah. also felt very soap opera to me he could just be somebody who who like is on probation and has to check mm-hmm. in or something you know i feel i feel like even either that... way he's coming out of the police station yeah when bonnie is outside of it and sees I think they see each other. She yeah. definitely sees him, but I don't know. There's an implication that they kind of lock eyes. Yeah. I mean, even if it is just that he's got a dark past, I also think it's equally soap opera. Well, I think... Mm-hmm. I think that Jane would find somebody yeah. who's great, and then he turns out that he's got secrets. Yeah, I mean... Not really so great. I, either way, it feels soap opera. Because the one thing I didn't like in season one was the twist that the Perry was Jane's rapist, because it felt like the, the TV forced trope kind of thing yeah but it has led to a pretty great season two so far <laughs> no it has it has they've made a lot of good stuff from it but it does make me trepidatious that they might pull something similar you know at the end of this yeah. season where they pull some sort of big reveal that oh um this is actually perry's brother who never died or <laughs> like you know <laughs> like something nonsensical like that like, it wouldn't shock me for them to, to go down that path if they did so um i'm just i'm keeping keeping tabs on the the, the red flags and yeah. i would describe this as one uh, yeah i didn't love it i didn't i don't think that he needs to turn out to be somebody but i hope they do something good with it if that is the case yeah because I, I have been really enjoying the season i like these characters a lot a lot and the the real stuff, the emotional stuff, the stuff where it's just one on one with their husbands or their mothers or whatever, their kids, like that stuff is so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
don't know. But the big overarching like murder from season one was the part that I didn't care, you know, cared oh, about. Oh yeah, the least. absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you this, I, I don't miss the interview segments from season one. No, those are awful. Yeah. I'm so glad they don't have them. Yeah, I I mean, it's a shame because by default, this is kind of the weakest episode of the season, just because it does have yeah, things... Yeah, a lot happens, Yeah, I kind of agree. There's a well, lot. plus Renata doesn't get a whole lot to do this episode, <laughs> and she's the best. Sure, <laughs> she's your favourite. Um, I, like, because... A lot happens, but there's it's definitely got the most things to complain about. Whereas other episodes, I don't, I feel like I had not much to say negatively. Whereas this one, I've got a few scenes, a few ideas, a few moments that yeah. don't quite add up. Um, the aliens line, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the aliens yeah. line. And her dad or Bonnie's dad saying that you know she's had premonitions in the past, and sometimes they come true. And she says, "You're drowning." It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want it to come true. Not because I don't want Bonnie to, to drown, which, of course, I don't. But I just don't want spiritualism <laughs> to be right. <laughs> yeah. The twist in the finale is going to be that the aliens come down and beam someone up on a spaceship. That's going to be the end. A chest burster comes out mm -hmm. of uh, Bonnie's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd go so far in the other direction that I'd love it in a completely different way, because oh, it'd, yeah. be, it'd be so batshit insane. Ridley Scott's been executive producing the show the whole time. <laughs> oh no, Ridley Scott's lost his touch. I don't want him involved in it and Alien related. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. This is all just one big teaser trailer for the next Alien Covenant film. <laughs> oh god, that's all it is. It was Prometheus too. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get Paradise Lost after all. Yeah. Oh no, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want any more Ridley Scott Alien movies. That the man has hurt me too much, too too much. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Renata uh, gets her, her remember a photo shoot from earlier in the season for Women in Power magazine. Um, it, her her photos are not going to be in it because of her her bankruptcy because they want to show women how are actually on top, and she yeah. is definitively now Father's not on coming. top. Yeah. Um, her poor assistant, try to be nice to her and offer her things, gets yelled at out the room. Yeah, you're right. We did get one decent Renata scene yeah. of her yelling. And, <laughs> and Celeste is trying to be nice as well, and she's just loving it. It's, it's, it's kind of just a punctuation point in the whole thing, because everything we've said about Renata this season is that what Gordon has done is removed all of her accomplishments. And this is just kind of the, you know, the, the idea that that photo shoot showing she was in power taken away that's it like that's the yeah. the underline of it um it's the world acknowledging that she's losing power or she's lost it yeah so the other big scene with Renata though is that she has this cockamamie idea to talk to Mary Louise and try and talk sense into her and instead all that happens is that Mary Louise makes her feel like absolute shit She's got so much ammunition. She's in a house, a beautiful house, expensive house with zero furniture in it. Yes, which she, she brings up multiple times. And like, what I liked about this is that it was kind of, do you know how in like some movies, and this happens in wrestling a lot, is that you you set up how bad the bad guy is by having the the other, because Renata was very much an antagonist in season one, right? She was kind of a bad guy. I mean, obviously nothing compared to like Perry or anything like that, but she was an antagonist to Madeline and Celeste. She was kind of on, and yeah, Jane. Yeah, she was in right? the beginning. Um, and it, you know, and obviously she's beca became an ally, but she's still got that fire. She's still got that, you know, that snappiness that'll like, tear people down. 
so how she's do you always defensive yeah so how do you sell the new big bad you put the old bad person against them <laughs> and you have the new big bad demolish them and renata can barely get a word in she tries to fight back and mary louise just slaps her down verbally every single time and it shows us just how how much worse mary louise is it's that simple it's actually really effective yeah. in what it's doing yeah i mean she's speechless and when her seen... goal was to get mary louise to drop the case and mary louise just saw right through it and yeah. just used all the ammunition that was in the room, which was a lot, despite there not being anything in there. Yeah, she made her feel guilty for not being at home with her daughter all the time. Yeah. She made her feel guilty for the bankruptcy and not having furniture. And then she's like, oh, I was hoping this would just be about tea, but I suppose people yeah. don't really do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, Mary Louise is just, she's so good at being vicious, even though she's in this like frail passive elderly i don't want to say too elderly but like elderly woman who's like nobody will ever attack it seems she just has so much power she should be in that magazine <laughs> yeah she's more, great i love i mean the more we I get of her the more it's really clear <laughs> why perry is the way that perry is yeah like if she was this movie with her kids, if, if you know if she if she was this kind of manipulative and abusive, you know emotionally, um, doesn't justify anything that Perry was because he was a monster. But it's certainly you see the dots, you can connect the dots a little bit and go, okay, um, yeah. So if he had a different mother, would he have been so abusive and angry and yeah, yeah, unstable. No. It's it's worth it's worth knowing. Um, so that was, that was most of the main beats of of the episode. There was a lot of jumping around this one, though. I felt uh, more so than usual. Uh, I think it's because so many like characters like came together in a group and then disbanded again and came together again, and you know, uh, right? Because because we had scenes with Renat and Celeste, we had scenes with Celeste and Jane, we had scenes with all five of the, the ladies together, uh, and all yeah, their, their secret meeting, all spot. their individual plots as well. Uh, so yeah yeah i wonder what the because obstruction i go i guess would be the, the the big charge that they would get now for for the lies um it would be perjury well not yet they've not not been under oath yet you mean if they confess now if they confess now yeah if they, if they just said okay let's just admit what we did now and i don't know yeah, well, what's going to happen is that they're all going to be in court and they all have to say what happened. And if Bo they catch him in a lie, then it's perjury. Yeah, and uh, Bonnie's uh, and the danger maybe case. Murder. I don't know if they can be charged for that also. Well, once they know that they someone pushed them, then it becomes a case of, okay, we have to prove... Yeah, if this is manslaughter or whatever, but... Um, Do you think... Did you watch the coming up next time? No. Okay. Is that interesting? Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it shows a little bit of the courtroom. Okay. And uh, they are kind of suggesting that Bonnie's going to confess. But I don't know if it's a red herring or not. Putting it in the next time on makes me think it won't go through exactly as it makes it look, but... Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, maybe she's talking to... 
someone else she thinks she could trust. Who knows? Maybe her mom, who's like still out of it. <laughs> mm. I, yeah, so this is a frustrating episode. I think there's a lot of great moments, but I also think it has, most, it has the most negative moments of the yeah. season as well. Yeah, I agree. So, But I'm still, you know, I still love these characters and I still love all the one-on-one moments we get. And we got a, some decent episode or decent scenes with uh, with Ed in this episode too. Yeah. And did he take booby later, later? Lady <laughs> up on his offer, or on her offer. God, I can't speak today. Um, guys still got the boobs on the brain, huh? But, yeah, just, it's just the boobs. That's all I'm thinking about now is just boobs. <laughs> Happens to me too, yeah. yeah. I get it. There's also another in the beginning. He's got a scene with uh, with Nathan. Mm. <laughs> Again, Nathan tries to do get extend an olive branch, and it's just like we're not going to be friends. Yeah, like ever. He, tr- he tries just accept. It. He tries to apologize <laughs> for the party thing, and do you know what the thing is? Is Ed's kind of being a dick, but at the same time, I actually kind of get what he's saying. Like we can just not like each other and be comfortable That's with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to be friends. <laughs> But Nathan kind of running after him, yelling something. This has to be the last time that uh, Nathan tries this, right? <laughs> no, nah, next time he's going to come up and say, "Okay, I listened to what you said. You're right. Maybe we don't have to be friends. I understand that. How about we shake so now on we're it? in agreement? Yes. Let's go get some breakfast." <laughs> and Ed's going to be like, "No. <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta be such a dick?" <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, that that is episode five of Big Little Lies, uh, season two. So let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments. You can like and subscribe and all that stuff. You can get us on the twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show, where can they do that, Tara? Uh, you can check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash TV. You can donate as little as a dollar per month, and with the dollar you get um, bonus episodes of other shows that we do, and um, some shows you get a week early. Not this one, but other shows. <laughs> well done. Well done. Very good. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Check out all the stuff we're doing. Uh, me and Carl are reviewing Handmaid's Tale every week. Um, I'm doing Legion every week on my own. Uh, we're working through Stranger Things Season 3. We just finished Dark Season 2 on Netflix. We're still working through Tool to Die Young from Amazon. And you can, of course... Chernobyl? <laughs> <laughs> Chernobyl. Well, it's been like a good month now since Chernobyl finished, but... <laughs> Word of mouth is spreading. Word of mouth is spreading. Check out Chernobyl reviews. Um, <laughs> and if you're interested in more content with me and Tara specifically, check out our weekly classic Twilight Zone reviews and our sci-fi movie podcast, The Atomic Cinema Experiment. Um, the last episode that went live for everyone was I Am Mother, which was a Netflix movie. And the next one going up for everyone is Primer. So look forward to those. Yeah. Uh, if you need a proper breakdown, maybe not ours. But, uh. <laughs> I drew a diagram. <laughs> there was a diagram there okay yeah. um that has been the show thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla <laughs>